What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Friday, July 7th edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Our last episode before the All-Star break, everybody will be off from Monday through Thursday. The podcast will be off Monday through Wednesday. I'll come back on Thursday, do a second half preview episode with some looks at some futures prices, adjusted season win totals, all that kind of thing to prepare you for the second half. That will probably be a little bit of a longer show. Won't have games to get to, but we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about from kind of a bigger picture standpoint. So Thursday's show probably going to be a little bit longer, but no shows Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Head over to vcin.com. I will write up a preview of the Home Run Derby along with my pick for Monday night's festivities at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Uh, Could see the return of the juiced ball possibly to kind of help out make that event a little bit more exciting. But I will have a Home Run Derby preview over at vcin.com probably have that up on saturday tomorrow so you'll have good 48 hours to check that out as we all take a little bit of a break from major league baseball in fact i've been doing that kind of throughout the week here working on my college football power ratings my projected season win total numbers because our college football betting guide coming out august 3rd over at vcin so that's something for you to look forward to and if you're not a vcin pro subscriber now is the time not only is that college football guide coming out but also our 2023 NFL betting guide just recently came out over at the website. Team previews for all 32 teams, division futures, conference futures, props, season-long bets, all kinds of stuff in that VSIN publication. So you can check that out over at vsin.com slash subscribe. $19 introductory offer to get signed up, and that's for the first month, which, by the way, means you'll get the recently released NFL guide along with the upcoming college football guide. So take advantage of that $19 offer over at vcin.com, or you can do the summer kickoff special for $175. Get everything we do across all sports through February 11th when the Super Bowl is 
out here in Las Vegas. All right, so one overarching point before I get to today's card, there are two plays that I like on today's card, so I'll get to those later in the show. But this is the All-Star break weekend, and some teams are engaged, some teams are not. Some teams are already on vacation, some are thinking about their vacation plans, others are trying to bank some wins here as we head into the All-Star break. So I tend to tread lightly during this weekend because I don't know for sure who's engaged and who isn't, who is still there and who is on vacation. Obviously, the player is going to the All-Star game. You know, they're going to Seattle, but for a lot of other players, four days off in the middle of the season is a godsend. I'm sure a lot of guys have vacation plans where they're leaving Sunday night, you know, boys trips to Vegas, family trips to some island, something like that. So you never truly know, especially on Sunday. I don't do the article on Sundays, but Sunday is an off day for me anyway, because I have no idea who's going to want to be there and who's not. So tread lightly this week, and I think you really, really, really have to like the bets that you're making here on Friday and Saturday, because with the All-Star break looming, you know, those four days off, kind of an oasis in the desert, so to speak. So I think a lot of guys kind of looking forward to a little bit of downtime. I know I am as well away from the baseball grind, although that just means doing more with college football, where I've got three conferences to write up for that upcoming college football betting guide. All right, let's get to the games here for today. I'm up against a bit of a time crunch here. Need to get to the uh, recording of the VEASAN Saturday betting hour, which if you're in the state of Ohio, that's the show that I do with Jeff Parles that you can hear every Saturday morning. So we got to do that. So I'm going to go through these games in quick fashion here today. We start with Zach Wheeler and Sandy Alcantara. This is the Phillies and the Marlins. Phillies laying $1.30 or $1.35, total of seven or seven and a half for this one. If you had told me that on July 7th, these two guys would both have ERAs over four, I would have told you that you were nuts. But sequencing, bad luck, kind of affecting both of these guys here. Wheeler, 403 ERA, 339 expected, 282 FIP. Great strikeout to walk numbers, really good hard hit percentage, very low barrel rate, but he's just not getting much luck on balls in play. And the crazy thing is the Phillies are actually better defensively than they have been over the last few seasons. But for Wheeler here, 326 Babbitt against 67.4% left on base percentage. A lot of bad luck for him. We'll see if that changes today here against the Marlins. A lot of bad luck for Sandy Alcantara as well. 493 ERA, 422 expected, 387 FIP. But his strikeout rate is down 4% from last year. Walk rate up almost 2%. Left on base percentage is down 16%. That's the big difference in his ERA this season. But his hard hit percentage is up as well. He hasn't been nearly as good with men on base. Maybe a couple of years worth of regression that was built up sort of coming back to hurt him. I don't know how he'll be in the second half. I would expect Wheeler to be better, especially as the Phillies have been better. But, you know, for these two guys, really good peripherals, just not having the ERA success. So maybe a little bit of hidden value on them as we go forward throughout the rest of the season. But no play for me today. Andrew Abbott and Corbin Burns in this one. The Reds and the Brewers will play nine times in the next 19 days. Three here, three in Cincinnati out of the break, and then three more in Milwaukee, July 24th to the 26th. And then that's it. They won't play each other again. So if the Reds continue to stay hot and can take advantage here in this series, their biggest series since 2013, then this is a situation where the Reds could really put a stamp on the Central Division. I don't think there's still a whole lot of equity left in buying Cincinnati to win the Central Division, 
because this price has come down just so much. They're still not the favorite, though. They're plus 160 here. The Brewers do have six of the nine games at home, but I think the Reds are a better team right now. So this may be the last point to get a buy sign on Cincinnati for the division. With Andrew Abbott here, a good hard hit percentage. You know, he's been a guy who's, uh, you know, done a, a decent job of staying off the barrel. 42 per, I guess it's not good. 42% hard hit percentage. Not great. Did give up some hard contact early. Has kind of stabilized a little bit. 121 ERA, 268 expected, 348 FIP. High strikeout rate, decent walk rate. The thing about it is he has a 100% left on base percentage. He has stranded every runner that's been on base. He's given up four solo homers, gave up a sack fly. That's his other run. So he's stranded every runner that's been on base and hasn't scored over his six starts. So that's not necessarily sustainable. However, last three starts for Abbott, 16.6% swinging strike percentage. So he's getting lots and lots of swings and misses. The Brewers are not a good offense against lefties and have not been throughout the course of the season. They've also struck out a league high 27.6% of the time. So this may be a pretty good matchup here for Abbott. Now, the Brewers have been better, almost a league average offense against lefties since June 1st, and they've cut down the strikeout percentage, but Abbott looking really good early on in his career here for the Reds. And something else, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with this, but I've seen a lot of talk about the minor league, the AAA strike zone being a lot smaller than the major league strike zone. So strikeout and walk rates from the minor leagues are something that we really need to take with an entire shaker of salt at this point in time, because the zone is much smaller with the automated strike zone. So it's not surprising that guys like Abbott and others have come up and had pretty instant success in terms of strikeouts or lowering their walk rates at the big league level. As far as Corbin Burns goes, 4 ERA, 364 expected, 422 FIP. He, sh- he shut down the Pirates last time out, but he allowed 14 runs on 23 hits in his previous two starts. His hard hit percentage is just 33.2%, but he's given up 13 homers. Strikeout rate is way down. Walk rate is up. Not having much success with men on base. So for Corbin Burns, this is a really, really important start. I think he needs to be the ace for Milwaukee in this one. If he's not, that's not a great sign going forward, especially because he will draw Cincinnati coming out of the all-star break and then probably will line up again to face them in that third series. So big, big game for both of these teams and both of these starters. No play for me, but we are seeing a little bit of love for the Reds out there in the marketplace. This line's minus 115 on the high end with Milwaukee favored and a total of seven and a half. Pirates and Diamondbacks here. Rich Hill, Zach Gallen in this one. The big story, of course, in this game. Corbin Carroll getting hurt late last night for the Diamondbacks. Far and away, the National League Rookie of the Year favorite. He was also the second choice behind Ronald Acuna Jr. for the NL MVP race. Now Carroll out indefinitely. We don't know exactly what the tests are going to show. I guarantee he won't play tonight, won't play before the All-Star break, won't play in the All-Star game. But we'll see if he's good to go, you know, about – eight, nine days from now as the second half gets underway. So that's the big blow here for Arizona. Gallon's allowed a lot of hard contact on the season. 45.7% hard hit percentage in his last nine starts, 11.6% barrel rate, 21.8% strikeout rate. I've talked about this a lot, where Gallon was so elite in the month of April that it has skewed his numbers for the rest of the season. So he still gets these big favorite roles, that I don't know if he's quite deserving of them. The difficult thing here 
I don't know if I want to back Rich Hill. Even with Arizona missing Corbin Carroll, even with Cattell Marte banged up here, I still don't think I can trust the Pirates and Rich Hill. So Gallon and the Diamondbacks, probably a little bit too big of a favorite, but not a play on the card here for me today. Mets and the Padres, Justin Verlander, you Darvish in this one. This is a really, really difficult handicap to me because Justin Verlander, 366 ERA, 361 expected, 399 FIP. Those are good numbers for anybody. Not Justin Verlander, though. Strikeout percentage down 7% from last year. Batting average against up 39 points. BABIP up 43 points. Home run to fly ball percentage has gone up from where it was last year. And he's been pitching a little bit better in his last two starts, but the Padres offense has come alive. Since June 1st, they're sixth in Woba against righties. They're a top 10 team against lefties as well. The Padres offense has come alive, and they're starting to play better. So we'll see what they do here with Verlander today, who, while the numbers are fine, he hasn't been all that sharp. Good pitching environment at Petco Park, specifically for a flyball guy like Verlander. So maybe he'll be okay in this start. Maybe he won't be. But I think it's a really difficult handicap because Hugh Darvish hasn't pitched since June 21st. Been dealing with a non-COVID illness over the last couple of weeks here. 484 ERA, but 364 expected, 388 FIP. He's been better in terms of the peripherals, but last five starts, he's given up 21 runs on 29 hits. Hasn't pitched in 16 days. I have no clue what we get from Darvish here today. Both of these bullpens have also had some pretty heavy workloads recently, specifically San Diego's. So seeing a little bit of money towards the Mets here with the Padres minus 120, minus 125, total of eight, but not a game that I have a play on. Rockies and Giants. No starter listed yet for Colorado. It is Austin Gomber's turn in the rotation. If he doesn't go, more or less anybody is probably an upgrade from him, despite the good start that he had against Detroit last time out. Ross Stripling is supposed to go for the Giants, not listed at DraftKings, but listed pretty much everywhere else. Stripling will probably go three innings here and then turn it over to Tristan Beck. So that's kind of your piggyback for the Giants here in this one. Stripling hasn't been very good, but at the same time, he's been a little bit better uh, since coming back from, I believe, his second stint on the injured list. Um, Five innings, one run, four hits allowed, five strikeouts and a walk against the Blue Jays and the Mets. He's given up some hard contact, though, so not really much to do or say about this game because it's just not that great of a game when you look at it here on paper. We move over to the American League side of things. Alec Manoa and Alex Fiedo. In this one between the Blue Jays and the Tigers, Manoa went 22 days between starts, made a start in the complex league, got absolutely obliterated by 18 and 19 year olds down there in Florida, gave up 11 runs on 10 hits in two and a third innings. Five days later, pitched at double A, struck out 10 over five innings. Now he's pitching at the big league level again. So I I don't know. 636 ERA, 653 FIP, ugly strikeout to walk ratio. I have no clue what happens with Manoa here in this one. We've seen some money come in on the Tigers. This one's got Toronto, about a minus 130 favorite and a total of nine. But I don't know what I'm going to get from Alex Fiedo either. Coming off the injured list, he's pitched well, but he's got a 554 ERA with a 44.9% left on base percentage, 315 expected ERA. He's given up a ton of home runs, six homers and five starts, but 26 strikeouts and 26 innings against two walks. But again, 
I have no idea what we're going to get from him. This is his first MLB start since May 30th. Only made one rehab start and gave up four runs in three and a third. Miserable handicap. No idea what to do with that game. Not much to do with this game either. Oakland and Boston. Luis Medina, Brennan Bernardino, Luis Medina, excuse me, and Brennan Bernardino in this one at Fenway Park. Medina's only allowed one homer in his last six starts, so that's good. But he still has a 588 ERA in that span. 25 to 21 strikeout to walk ratio in his last 26 innings. Seems like he'll be the straight starter here in this one. The A's have not announced an opener or anything like that, but this guy just doesn't have the control profile, the command profile, anything to survive at Fenway Park probably. So this is a good opportunity for Boston, an offense that has kind of struggled here over the last few weeks to really get back on track. And as far as their pitching side of things goes, Bernardino will be the opener. He's a lefty. Chris Murphy probably follows. He's also a lefty. Bernardino has been a really good find for them uh, off waivers from, I believe, Seattle. Really, really good in his 26 and two-thirds innings pitched. Murphy's allowed three runs on 11 hits and 13 and two-thirds. There's a reason why Boston, despite this suboptimal pitching setup, is minus 245 with that total of 10 and a half. So not much to say about this one, but a lot more to say about this game between the Mariners and the Astros. And I'll do that after a short break here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're back on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for the program here. Mariners and Astros is a fascinating handicap. 
we got the Astros, a slight home favorite here, minus 110, minus 115, total of seven or seven and a half for this one. It is Luis Castillo and Hunter Brown. Now, Luis Castillo has some really big home road splits. I wrote about in today's article, overall, 305 ERA, 367 expected, 389 FIP. 66 and a third innings at home, 244 ERA, 254 WOBA against 30.5% strikeout rate, 6.1% walk rate, 11.5% home run to fly ball percentage. So 66 and a third innings at home for Castillo, only 34 innings on the road. So the way that his turn in the rotation has fallen has been at home more often than not. That has skewed his ERA and some of his full season numbers. On the road for Castillo, 424 ERA, so little less than doubled. 347 Woba, that's almost, that is over 90 points higher than what it is at home. Batting average is 60 points higher on the road. On base percentage is 70 points higher on the road. Slugging 165 points higher on the road. Road strikeout percentage is down 7.2% from what it is at home. Walk rate is up. Home run to fly ball percentage is way up. His ground ball rate is way down on the road as well. So this is a very, very real thing for Castillo. Here's the problem today. Castillo's held righties to a 258 Woba overall and a 267 Woba on the road. Lefties have done all of the damage away from home against Castillo. The Astros have two right or two lefties on their roster, Kyle Tucker and Bly Madras. Madras is a horrific MLB hitter. Kyle Tucker's very good. But other than that, the Astros have no other lefties on the major league roster. So this is about as good of a road matchup as Castillo can probably ask for because it's been the lefties that have done the damage against him. So ultimately, I wound up staying off of this game. You know, I mean, Hunter Brown has been good, been really good at home specifically. He's only allowed four extra base hits, six extra base hits, excuse me, at home on the season. So, you know, this is a tough one where you want to fade road Castillo, but you can't really do it here today because the Astros just have way too many right-handed bats. We'll come back to the American League in a minute because that's where my two plays come from. We go to the Braves and the Rays. Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass now in this one. Morton, of course, a former Ray, part of the team 2019 and 2020. 357 ERA, 467 expected, 375 FIP. Good numbers overall, to be sure. Nothing to complain about with his peripherals. Tyler Glass now, though, 450 ERA, 506 expected ERA, 368 FIP. The big thing for Glass now here, a 48.8% hard hit percentage against and an 18.3% barrel rate. So when guys have made contact, they've hit the ball extremely hard off of Glass now. Buddy has an 18.5% swinging strike rate on the season. And the one thing I noticed about Atlanta, the one weakness that they have offensively, they will chase up in the zone. Glass now is six foot eight. Glass now should be able to get some chases up in the zone here for this one. I do think a lot of people will look at this line and say, oh, I can get the Braves at a money line pick them with how they're playing and the Rays have lost five in a row. Oh, that's easy. It might be easy. It could be easy. This was not a game that I have a play on. I do think Glass now's swing and miss ability is definitely an interesting thing for Atlanta to deal with. Uh, and of course, you know, the trop does kind of suppress mistakes. So we'll see what happens here. And if the Rays can get back on track. Cubs and the Yankees, Jamison Tyon, Carlos Rodon in this one. Tyon's been awful this year. 
693 ERA, 562 expected, 517 FIP. And in his last 10 starts, a 752 ERA, giving up four runs in eight of those 10. So I can't even possibly think of fading Rodon and the Yankees here because Tyon's been so bad. But I do think this line might be a little bit high where Carlos Rodon, two starts at double A, one start at high A, first MLB start of the year for him, went from 42 to 48 to 58 pitches. So Rodon's only going to throw 60 pitches or so here in this game. It will be a lot of the Yankees bullpen. So we'll see. The other thing that kept me off of this, the Cubs were great against lefties early in the year, have not been here recently. So I just couldn't take the Cubs today, but I'm not sure that Rodon is as good as this line suggests. Rangers and the Nationals, Cody Bradford, a huge road favorite here against Trevor Williams and the Nats. A couple things I want to mention really quickly. Bradford has given up a 56.1% hard hit percentage, 17.5% barrel rate. If we look since he was recalled on June 13th, 68% hard hit percentage, 16% barrel rate. Someone is going to beat that guy badly in one of his upcoming starts. I just don't know if it'll be Washington. Washington was great against lefties early on in the year. They have not been since June 1st. They're a bottom 10 offense and weighted on base average since June 1st. So couldn't do anything with this game. Don't really like Trevor Williams either, but I just wanted to mention Bradford and all that hard contact because he's a guy that I think we should keep a close eye on in the second half. A lot of scouts in attendance for this one. Jordan Montgomery, Dylan Cease between the Cardinals and the White Sox. Cardinals $1.15 favorite, total of 8.5 in this one. Montgomery is a free agent at the end of the season. The Cardinals are a mess. He will be one of the top arms available from a trade standpoint out there in the marketplace. 328 ERA, 402 expected, 348 FIP. He's durable too. 79 starts over his last two and a half seasons. Everything looks pretty much the same for Montgomery as it does every single year. Strikeout percentage in line with his usual average. Walk rate is good. BABIP is a little bit elevated from last year, but pretty much in line with previous seasons. Good hard hit percentage. Just a solid starting pitcher. The White Sox do draw a lefty here, but I want to make this very, very clear. They're 23rd in Woba against lefties since June 1st. They've been a bottom 10 offense all year long. They used to get steamed on a daily basis against lefties. Doesn't really happen anymore, nor should it. They're not that good in that split. Dylan Cease here, 410 ERA, 422 expected, 385 FIP, 96 and two-thirds. He's cut down his hard hit rate a little bit here of late. He's been under his season average of 46.7% in five straight starts, 41.5% over his last 56 and a third innings. So he's been better, 304 ERA, 350 FIP. I don't know how he does today against the Cardinals offense that's top 10 against righties, so we'll see, but no play in that one. I think that game is lined very, very fairly. Lastly here, before I get to my two plays, the Angels and the Dodgers. Dodgers a big favorite behind Tony Gonsolin. $1.65 up to $1.75, total of nine in that one. Griffin Canning going for the Angels. Canning, a guy I've talked about a lot. You know, when his pitch mix is optimized, he's pretty good. The problem is, more often than not, his pitch mix is not optimized. He's given up 12 homers on the year, 46% hard hit percentage, Good strikeout and walk numbers, though, so if he could just figure out his command and stop throwing his fastball, he could be pretty effective. For Tony Gonsolin here, 369 ERA, 455 expected, but he's given up 15 runs on 17 hits in his last 14 innings. A lot of bad luck in there, a lot of soft contact that has found holes. Um, 
look, just, you know, what can you do with the Angels here? The Angels are one of those teams I talked about. I don't think they're engaged this weekend. I mean, Shohei Otani's got the blister. He's missing the All-Star. He's not going to pitch in the All-Star game. Mike Trout is out. Everything's falling apart for this team. If they lose this game, they drop to 500. The Angels just may not be invested at all this weekend. So maybe the Dodgers sweep at any price. I don't know, but I don't think the Angels will be super engaged throughout the course of this weekend. All right, let's get to the two plays that I've got here for today. Uh, Things looking up a little bit over the last two days. Knock on wood. Hopefully that will continue to be a thing. Let's talk about the Royals and the Guardians here. This is Daniel Lynch and Aaron Savale. So uh, real quick, uh, Sam Long, now the opener for Oakland today. Uh, Luis Medina will pitch in bulk there at Fenway Park. Uh, But Daniel Lynch, I think he's throwing the ball well this season. 414 ERA, 467 expected, 484 FIP. No, those numbers aren't great, but he's allowed a 33.1% hard hit percentage on the year. Good 11.8% swinging strike percentage that... He just hasn't gotten the strikes with or the swinging strikes with two strikes. He's gotten a lot of them to get back into counts, get ahead into counts, induce weak contact, all of that. And the biggest thing for him, his changeup usage has gone up this season. And Terry Francona is a very vanilla manager. We'll say that. I think he's going to put a bunch of righties in the lineup today, not noticing that lefties have actually hit Lynch better. And the reason why is because opposing batters are batting 091 with a 109 slugging percentage off of the changeup. That pitch also has a 38.9% whiff rate. So that's swings and misses divided by swings. So Lynch has gotten a lot of swings and misses with that changeup. We'll get a lot of righties here today. And I think that's a pitch that really plays up for him. Now, Aaron Savali has been pitching pretty well. He stayed off the barrel, induced a weak hard hit percentage. But here's the thing for him. This will be his second start going on four days rest. A lot of guys now pitching on five days rest because teams are kind of stretching out their rotations and all of that. Savali is a guy who's been hurt a ton. I don't think he's got great recovery genes. And in his one start pitching on four days rest, he gave up four runs to the Brewers on six hits with his highest average exit velocity of the season and his second highest hard hit percentage on the season. So I think Lynch and the Royals are worth a shot for the first five today at plus 160. I think Lynch performs well against this lineup, and I'm just not totally sold on Savale here. Lynch in his last three starts, four runs on 12 hits, 29.3% hard hit percentage. Cleveland's a bad offense against lefties. This is one that's worth the price here with the Royals for the first five at plus 160. The other one for me here, the Orioles and the Twins, Cole Irvin and Bailey Ober in this one, over $1.45 favorite, total of eight and a half with overjuice in this one. Cole Irvin has not been great. 632 ERA, 856 expected ERA, 501 FIP and 31 and a third. Since coming back from his second IL stint, 344 ERA, which is good, but a 476 FIP. He's given up a lot of hard contact here of late. Just face the Twins had one strikeout in 24 batters faced. And as we know about the Twins, they swing and miss a ton, and specifically swing and miss a lot against lefties. So Irvin's stuff was not good in that start. Only gave up the one run, but gave up a lot of loud contact in that one. This will also be Bailey Ober's second straight start against Baltimore. He was great in his first one, but I've talked about this before with Ober. He's six foot nine. I think it's hard to face him when you don't see him often. But I think the second time around, 
you could maybe have some more success. We've got two data points that suggest that. Uh, one is Cleveland this year, seeing him for the second time. They cut their swinging strike percentage in half. They also went from a 23.5% hard hit percentage to a 38.9% hard hit percentage. So they did see him better the second time around. The results weren't any better, but they're also a bad offense, and Baltimore is not. The other was last year against Kansas City, back-to-back starts against Ober. Kansas City was definitely better in that second matchup. The big thing about the first start for Baltimore against Ober, they didn't swing much. 44.7% was the lowest swing percentage against Ober this season. Baltimore, I think, struggled with that high release point, but they did have a low chase rate, so they didn't expand the zone. It was the second lowest chase rate of the season for Ober, and by chase rate, I mean swinging at pitches outside of the strike zone. So tonight, I think they're more aggressive. I think they did show some good discipline in that first one. Ball should carry at target field tonight. Humid, winds blowing out a little bit. I like the first five over five. You could find even money or minus 105 out there. It is minus 110 at DraftKings, unfortunately. But I like the first five over because Felix Bautista and Yenier Cano didn't pitch yesterday in the 14-1 to win. Minnesota's bullpen is in great shape from a rest standpoint. I think we get runs early here off of Urban and Ober. If Baltimore can give me two off of Ober, I think we're in great shape here to at least push and probably win this one. So first five over five between the Twins and the Orioles and then Daniel Lynch and the Royals for the first five plus 160 over Aaron Savale and the Guardians. I'll be back again on Thursday after the All-Star break with a new edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. We'll have the article on Saturday over at VEASAN.com and again, that home run derby piece as well. So thank you so much for listening in the first half. Please rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews, very much appreciated. And I will talk to you again on Thursday. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.